Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This is going to be section two of the Doctrine and Covenants. So let me just read the heading first. An extract from Joseph Smith's history relating to words of the angel Moroni to Joseph Smith the prophet while in in the house of the prophet's father at Manchester, New York, on the evening of September 21st, 1823. Moroni was the last of a long line of historians who had made the record that is now before the world as the Book of Mormon. And so uh, this is about the verse, the visit here of uh, Moroni to the prophet. Verse 1, Behold, I will reveal unto you the priesthood. What priesthood did Elijah bring if Joseph and Oliver already had been given the priesthood? Joseph Ealing Smith said, Why was Elijah reserved? What keys did he hold? What keys did he bestow on Peter, James, and John? Exactly the same keys that he bestowed upon the head of Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. And what were they? Some of you may be saying the keys of baptism for the dead. No, it was not just that. Some of you may be thinking it was the keys of the salvation of the dead. No, it was not just that. That was only a portion of it. The keys that Elijah held were the keys of the everlasting priesthood, the keys of the sealing power which the Lord gave unto him. And that is what he came and bestowed upon the heads of Peter, James, and John. And that is what he gave to the prophet Joseph Smith. And that included a ministry of sealing for the living as well as the dead. And it is not confined to the living and it is not confined to the dead, but includes them both. Elijah's mission was the sealing power. He held the keys by which the parents could be sealed together and children sealed to parents. He bestowed these keys upon the prophet Joseph Smith, and that applies to the dead as well as the living since the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what was the nature of his mission to the earth in these latter days? It was to restore power and authority which once was given to men on the earth and which is essential to the complete salvation and exaltation of man in the kingdom of God. In other words, Elijah came to restore to the earth by conferring on mortal prophets duly commissioned of the Lord the fullness of the power of priesthood. This priesthood holds the keys of binding and sealing on earth and in heaven of all the ordinances and principles pertaining to the salvation of man that they may be thus become that they may thus become valid in the celestial world of God or the celestial kingdom of God. That was by Joseph Ealing Smith. Continuing verse 1, by the hand of Elijah, uh, Elijah means God is Jehovah, the prophet. Why was Elijah the one to restore the sealing power? Why Why not Peter, James, and John or Adam? Joseph Smith said, Elijah was the last prophet that held the keys of the priesthood and who will, before the last dispensation, restore the authority and deliver the keys of the priesthood in order that all the ordinances may be attended to in righteousness. It is true that the Savior had authority and power to bestow this blessing, but the sons of Levi were too prejudiced, and I will send Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord, and so on. Why send Elijah? Because he holds the keys of the authority to administer in all the ordinances of the priesthood, and without this authority is given, the ordinances could not be administered in righteousness. Continuing verse 1, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Joseph Smith said, In the days of Noah, God destroyed the world by a flood, and he has promised to destroy it by fire in the last days. But before it should take place, Elijah should come first and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and so on. Now comes the point. 
What is this office and work of Elijah? It is one of the greatest and most important subjects that God has revealed. He should send Elijah to seal the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children. Now was this merely confirmed to the living to settle difficulties with families on earth? By no means. It was a far greater work. Elijah, what would you do if you were here? Would you confine your work to the living alone? No, I would refer you to the scriptures where the subject is manifest. That is, without us, they could not be made perfect, nor we without them. The fathers without the children, nor the children without the fathers. I wish you to understand this subject, for it is important. If you will receive it, this is the spirit of Elijah, that we redeem our dead and connect ourselves with our families, which are in heaven and seal up our dead to come forth in the first resurrection. And here we want the power of Elijah to seal those who dwell on earth to those who dwell in heaven. This is the power of Elijah and the keys of the kingdom of Jehovah. Verse 2, And he shall plant in the hearts of the children the promises made to the fathers, and the hearts of the children shall turn to their fathers. John A. Widso said, In our preexistent state, in the day of the great council, we made a certain agreement with the Almighty. The Lord proposed a plan conceived by him. We accepted it. Since the plan is intended for all men, we become parties to the salvation of every person under that plan. We agreed right then and there to be not only saviors for ourselves, but measurably saviors for the whole human family. We went into a partnership with the Lord. The working out of the plan became then not merely the Father's work and the Savior's work, but also our work. The least of us, the humblest, is in partnership with the, with the Almighty in achieving the purpose of the eternal plan of salvation. That places us in a very responsible attitude towards the human race. By the doctrine, with uh, the Lord at the head, we become saviors on Mount Zion, all committed to the great plan of, of, of offering salvation to the untold numbers of spirits. To do this is the Lord's self-imposed duty, this great labor, his highest glory. Likewise, it is man's duty, self-imposed, his pleasure and joy, his labor, and ultimately his glory. There is no place for letting the other man in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There stands my brother. It was for him that the whole plan was made. For him, the church was organized. For him, all these blessings were given, not for me alone. Oh, I stand there too. The church was made for me. The gospel has given me. All the blessings were given for me, but my my brother is entitled to them just as much as I am. He and I together, and all of us, must unitedly work together to fulfill the great purposes of the Almighty Father. Under the gospel, what is man's highest ideals? It must be to become like the Father. If the Lord's concern is chiefly to bring happiness and joy salvation to the whole human family— We cannot become like the Father unless we too engage in that work. There is no chance for the narrow, selfish, introspective man in the kingdom of God. He may survive in the world of men. He may win fame, fortune, and power before men, but he will not stand high before the Lord unless he learns to do the works of God, which always point towards the salvation of the whole human family. Verse 3, if it were not so, the whole earth would be utterly wasted at his coming. Joseph Smith said that the greatest responsibility in this world that God has laid upon us is to seek after our dead. The apostle says, they without us cannot be made perfect, for it is necessary that the sealing power should be in our hands to seal our children and our dead for the fullness of the dispensation of times, a dispensation to meet the promises made by Jesus Christ before the foundation of the world for the salvation of man. Now I will speak of them. I will meet Paul halfway. I say to you, Paul, you cannot be made perfect without us. It is necessary that those who are going before and those who come after us should have salvation in common with us, and thus 
hath God made it obligatory upon man. Hence, God said, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So that's the end of section two. Uh, If you wanted to do some additional reading, you could read section 128, verses 15 um, through about uh, 18. Uh, which gives additional information about baptisms for the dead. Also, Joseph Smith uh, History, verses 38 and 39, also gives some more information about baptisms for the dead. So uh, I bear testimony that the truth of these things, that we have the powers of sealing upon us, and that Elijah did come in in April of 1836 in the Kirtland Temple to bestow keys upon Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery, which keys have been handed down from prophet to prophet until we have them in in the church today. I bear testimony that these things are true in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.